The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. The Gospel of Luke chapter number one is where we're going to be in just a moment. And uh, we're just excited to have each and every one of you with us today. Uh, typically at Ambassador, we have double services. We'd have a service at 9.30, another one at 11. And uh, for Mother's Day, we thought we'd just bring everybody together and split the difference at 10.30. So if you're looking around and you don't recognize somebody, I hope maybe after the service you'll introduce yourself to somebody that you don't recognize, uh, maybe who comes uh, to a different service than you. Uh, this past week was kind of a good one for our family. It was a celebratory one. My uh, younger sister got married yesterday, and uh, so she was about 30, and and uh, she didn't know if she'd ever get married, to be quite honest, for a while. And so we were excited for her, and uh, we, were, we were thrilled she got married, and she was, she was pumped. And so we made our way down to Los Angeles, where the ceremony was going to be held. Her and her husband will actually be moving uh, to Fresno next week, and they're looking forward to joining with us here uh, at the church. But uh, in the meantime, we made our way down to see me, and uh, I had booked a hotel uh, that uh, had double beds for our family. We were going to go spend uh, Friday night down there and then uh, come back yesterday. And we get to the hotel, and uh, for whatever reason, I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, they double booked the rooms. And so they literally didn't have enough rooms, and they only had enough room. Uh, they had a room available for us, but it did not have the double beds that we had uh, purchased or that we had reserved online. It simply had a single bed. And so for those of you who know a little bit about our family, uh, we're a family of five. We have one teenager, one about to be a teenager. And so uh, on Friday night, I think they got a picture of this, uh, our entire family of five got to share that bed. And so we had a, a nice cozy, cozy time. It was, uh, uh, it was, let's say, restful to say the least. Uh, in, in the room, actually, uh, right after, you know, we got there and uh, we were talking to the lady at the desk and we were like, man, there's only one bed. Is there, is there anything you can help us out with, you know, because we're just trying to figure something out. And she said, you know, I got just the thing. And she, she ran back into some office somewhere. And I was thinking maybe she was going to come out with one of these, you know, rollaway mattresses or something, you know, uh, that somebody will sometimes have in different hotels. And uh, she comes running out and, and she has one singular pillow. <laughs> I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, man, if I had a little hobbit baby, maybe this would, this would help. <laughs> okay, thanks. And so we all just kind of piled in there, and, and that, was, that was our Friday night experience. We got in, and uh, as soon as we got in, my son Anderson saw this card. It was really cool. It was like, I think they have a picture of this. I took a picture of it, and uh, it was a card, and it said, need anything? Just ask. My son Anderson, who's 11, he said, Dad, can we just ask for another bed, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, that's just as simple as that. No, we didn't get one. And so we crowded into bed, and, and we did our best to, to sleep that night. I had the idea of maybe if we all laid sideways in the bed, that maybe the five of us could fit better, and uh, that didn't work. We tried a bunch of different configurations, and finally we just gave up and kind of uh, fell asleep there. But when we woke up in the morning, uh, my son Landon was kind of snuggled up next to his mom, and and uh, Jenny looked over at him and said, you know, you know what tomorrow is, right? And uh, she said, it's Mother's Day. And she, she said, so, uh, you know, he's eight years old. She said, uh, sir, so did you get me anything? Or are you going to get me anything for Mother's Day? And without even missing a beat, uh, Landon looked at her and said, a hug. I'm, I'm getting you the best hug ever. And sure enough, he came in this morning and gave her the best hug 
ever, you know, and so that was her uh, uh, Mother's Day gift, and, and I don't know where you find yourself today as a mother. For those of you uh, who are mothers, uh, this season can be fraught with just all different types of emotions, and uh, for some here today, it, this, is a, this is a time of celebration. Uh, for others of you here today, Mother's Day can be a difficult moment. It, it can be hard. Because of a child you lost or maybe a, a baby, a mother that you thought you would one day be. And, and, and to this point in time, it's not an experience you've been able to share. And so maybe on this Mother's Day for some, your heart, your soul feels somewhat empty. It's easy to be a little bit afraid or even hurt. And, and our theme for the message this morning that we're going to see in Luke chapter number 1 is simply this. Regardless of where you find yourself today... I want to I wanna focus on this one thought, and that's this. Knowing God's heart nourishes our soul. Knowing God's heart nourishes our soul. As I said a moment ago, we're going to be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 1. We're going to begin reading in verse number 26. On your way in, you should have received a service guide. Uh, inside is an outline that you can use to follow along through the Bible study uh, here this morning, uh, there is also some pictures in the back that we'll use later during our parent-child dedication. But uh, in the very back, there is a connection card. If you're a guest with us today, we'd love to have a record of your attendance. And we've got some information that we'd like to send to you to let you know a little bit more about our church family here. And we hope it'll be a blessing and a help to you. We'll give you an opportunity later in the service uh, to turn that in. Uh, but I hope that uh, will be a help as we make our way through the service and the service outline will be helpful. For those of you who are physically able, I'd like to invite you to stand, as is our tradition, to read from our text today, the Gospel of Luke. We're going to begin reading in chapter number 1. I'll start in verse number 26. We'll read down through verse number 35. As we read this, some of you will be familiar with the passage, and at first you might be wondering, why are we speaking from this passage? We're going to go to the text where the angel Gabriel comes to the young woman by the name of Mary. Uh, this is a young woman who's about to become a mother for the very first time. And I, I, I think in this passage, we're going to get a glimpse of the Father's heart for a mother's soul. Let me begin reading in verse number 26. I'll read down through verse number 35, and then we'll have a word of prayer. The scriptures say in the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 1, verse 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Notice this. This was an angel sent from God, God the Father, unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, verse 27. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast her in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, 
and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. From this passage, I'd like to speak on this subject of the Father's heart for a mother's soul. A Father's heart for a mother's soul, shall we pray. Dear gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for an opportunity like we have today to spend some time around your word and to experience your spirit. Lord, I pray that regardless of where we find ourselves this morning, that your word would be used to enrich and edify our lives. Lord, we thank you for each and every one of the mothers represented here today for their sacrifice, for their love. Lord, we pray for those that are hurting this morning. We ask that you would be a God of grace and comfort to them in this time. And Lord, we pray that you would use your word to speak to our hearts in a special way this morning, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. In the passage we just read a moment ago, you will find where the angel Gabriel uh, speaks on three separate occasions. The text we just read, there are three times where he speaks to this young woman by the name of Mary. And what I find interesting about this is each of these three times that this angel speaks, he gives an affirmation. Uh, the word angel simply is anglos. It, it literally means in the original text, a messenger from God. That's what the word angel means, a messenger from God. And so when this angel comes, he's not just proclaiming his own words. He's just not sharing his own thoughts. He's literally speaking on the behalf of God the Father. And so in each of these three statements that he makes, he, he addresses Mary three separate times in verses 26 down through verse number 35. And each time he speaks, he gives this woman an affirmation. He encourages her with some promise from God. Now, before we begin, let me just remind you that just like Mary, all right, in a very literal sense, had the Christ in her. Right? That's what the Bible teaches here, that as a virgin, she was going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit, and literally the Christ was going to be born through her. And in much the same way that Mary had Christ in her, the Bible teaches that if you have placed your faith and trust in Christ, then you also, in a very spiritual sense, you also have Christ in you. All right? That's a biblical reality. And so, as we're going to see in correlating passages that we're going to study in a moment, if you have Christ in you, then these affirmations that we're going to read about today are not simply affirmations reserved for Mary. In fact, for every person in here with Christ in them, you're going to find that these affirmations are just as true for you as they were for her 2,000 years ago. So if you'll allow me, let's dive into our Bible study today. We'll make our way to the first time in which this angel speaks on behalf of God the Father to this young mother. Notice what the scriptures say in verse number 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, notice this, Hail thou that are highly favored. I want you to see this phrase. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Notice that little phrase in the middle of verse 28. The scriptures say, 
to Mary. The angel says to Mary, the Lord is with you. Now, it's easy to read passages and, and read stories like the one we just read about a moment ago with what I would call rose-colored lenses. You know, we know the entire story. Uh, many of us have heard these narratives since we were a young child. And so we almost get used to hearing these passages and we can kind of skip over some of the humanity of these things. The, the reality is this, for Mary, this would have been a very troubling experience for her. To find out as a really a young teenager, all right, is what, you know, history would tell us that she was. Here, this young teenager, she's finding out that she's going to have to bear a child. And I know for us, we think, man, she got to be the one who carried the Messiah. And yet, I would imagine that as she went through this experience, that there was a lot of loneliness, maybe even some grief and sorrow that she would have to carry as people would look at this young teenager. And in that day, and age kind of scoff and I know she knew the promise that the angel had said but the reality is those in her community would have thought something very ill of her not everyone would have believed her story about an angel coming to her and and for her carrying the messiah and I'm sure she began to become ostracized by people I'm sure there were people who just kept her at arm's length. I'm, I'm sure there were those that kind of whispered things, you know, behind her back. And for Mary in this season, there would have been a lot of loneliness that went along with this time in her life. In fact, there would have been grief and there would have been sorrow. And I, I think it's interesting that one of the first things that this messenger from God relays on behalf of God the Father is this statement that God was with her, which leads us to our first thought today, and, and that is this. If Christ is in you, like Christ was in Mary, then even in the midst of loneliness, even in the midst of grief, and even in the midst of sorrow, I want to remind you of this, that God's presence is near. God's presence is near. My friend, if, if you have the Spirit of Christ in you, if there's been a time in your life where you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone, to be your personal Savior, then I want to remind you today that God's presence is near. In fact, He says that He will never leave you, nor never forsake you. Why? Because His presence is near. And you might find yourself in an experience where you feel like nobody understands you. Uh, maybe a spouse who, who stood at an altar and told you they would, they would be with you for better or for worse. And, and as the years went by, all of a sudden one day they were not there for better or for, for worse. And, and you find yourself lonely. Maybe for some of you, you find yourself in a situation where you thought for sure, you know, as you were raising your kids, that, that you would have a very personal and intimate relationship with your kids as they grew up to be teenagers and grew up to be adults. And now you find yourself in a situation that you're estranged from kids who, who really want nothing to do with you. And, and it makes you feel lonely and it makes you uh, feel a little bit of grief and it makes you feel sorrow. We, we all have experiences in our life that, that make us feel that way. Have you ever been there before? You ever just felt lonely? It's amazing. We're in a crowded room this morning, and yet I, can't, I can only imagine that there are many in this crowded room who even in the midst of a whole lot of people, you feel incredibly lonely. You feel like nobody really gets where you're at and what you're going through and what you're experiencing. 
And yet I want to say to you today, regardless of where you find yourself, in the midst of loneliness, in the midst of grief, in the midst of sorrow, and in the midst of suffering, much like I'm sure Mary felt ostracized, and I'm sure at times she felt lonely, she had the promise from God that His presence was near. And I want to say to you today, you also have God's promise that His presence is near. And when it feels like a spouse isn't there for you, and it feels like a child isn't there for you, and it feels like a parent isn't there for you, and it feels like your boss or your coworkers or your church family, it doesn't feel like they're there for you the way you need them there for you. I want to declare to you today that you have a God who will never leave you, who will never forsake you. His presence is always available. I want to say this, since Christ, and I want you to think about this for a moment, since Christ is the embodiment of love, that's what 1 John tells us, God is love. Jesus is the expression of that love. Since Christ is the full embodiment of love, the embodiment of peace, the embodiment of joy, what we need most in our moments of loneliness and suffering is to experience the very real and near presence of God. See, when we feel lonely, if we're, if we're not careful, we want this person to do this, and we want those people to do that, and, and we've got certain things that we need everybody to do in order for our loneliness to dissipate. And yet, what we need most is not necessarily everybody to do exactly what we want them to do and everybody to say exactly what we want them to say. What we need most is a very real, a very personal experience with Christ because He is the embodiment of love. He is the essence of peace. He is our joy. And in those moments of loneliness, we need to know and experience and enjoy the reality that God's presence is near. Psalms chapter number 56, there's an interesting passage. This is what the scriptures say. Psalmist David cries out and he says, You, God, keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in a bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Do you realize that, the, by, that God literally has a bottle where he, he stores your tears? And I, I don't know what makes you weep. I don't know what hurts you've been through. I don't know what sorrow that you have experienced in your life. I don't know what pains that you've been through in child rearing, in marriage, with your health. But I want to say this, you have a heavenly father who knows. You have a heavenly father who cares. And you have a heavenly father that's powerful enough to, to work all things together for your good. So what is God's heart for your soul? First of all, he wants you to know that his presence is near. His presence is near. But let's keep reading. I want you to notice the second statement that this messenger from God, Gabriel, makes on behalf of God the Father to Mary. Notice what it says in verse 30. And the angel said unto her, so this is the second time he's going to speak to Mary. Notice what it says here in verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not. Fear not. 
You say, why did God the Father want Mary to know she didn't have to fear? I believe the reason that he shares this with her is because of this. She was going to be tempted to fear. What are people going to say about me? What are people going to think? Can I even stay in my home city? Can I even stay in this community? And all these thoughts and all these worries and all these concerns and all this anxiety, I'm sure it's just kind of running through her thoughts and running through her mind. And so here we see the angel on behalf of God the Father reminding her of this second affirmation, and that is this, Mary, you don't have to fear. Fear not. Which leads us to our next thought this morning, and that is simply this. If Christ is in you, like Christ was in Mary, then even in the midst of fears, and even in the midst of worries, and even in the midst of anxieties, I want to remind you of secondly, not only is God's presence near, but I want you to see that God's peace is here. God's peace is here. You might be going through something very traumatic in this season. And maybe over this past year, it's, it's been difficult for you. And for maybe some, it's just something that took place at work. It's something in your career that hasn't quite gone the way that you thought it should go. And now all of a sudden, you're worried about the future. There's some amount of fear about how are things going to work out? How, how, is, my, how is my relationships going to work out? How is my marriage going to work out? I, I don't know how this is going to come together. I'm not quite sure how we're going to pay the bills. I, I don't know what the future holds. And I want to say to you today that you also have a promise from God. And that promise is simply this, that His peace is available to you. You see, the idea in a lot of our minds is this. We, can, we, we think that we can have peace when all of our circumstances are perfect and when everything in our life is going just the way we want it to go and when we can get all of our situations and all of our issues in order, then we give ourselves permission to experience peace. But that's not what the scriptures teach. The scriptures tell you that the peace that God makes available to you is not so fragile that it only works when life is perfect. God's peace is not that weak. God's peace is not that fragile. His peace is much stronger than that. His peace is, is much, much more robust than that. He gives a peace that, that can strengthen our heart and encourage our heart even when life is going horribly wrong and when situations and circumstances are not going the way that we'd like them to go. You see, God's peace can, be, can bring that serenity. It can bring comfort. It can bring that peace even when circumstances around us are going wrong. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse 16 says this. Now the Lord of peace himself, notice this, give you peace always, by all means, the Lord be with you all. I want you to notice that phrase, he gives you peace always. When your children want nothing to do with you, God's peace is available. When, when your mom or your dad seem to just have turned their back on you, God's peace is available. And when your kids aren't behaving the way that you would like for them to behave, God's peace is available. And when life isn't going the way you had planned, 
God's peace is available. And if you're single here today and you thought for sure about this time in your life that maybe you'd be married or you would have found the one and, and you're wondering why God isn't allowing you to be married, I want to say to you, even in the midst of that, God's peace is available. And when work isn't progressing and you're not getting the promotions that you thought maybe you would deserve, I want to say to you, not, not in spite of that, but in the midst of that, God's peace is always available. There is not one circumstance that you will find yourself in. There's not one situation that you'll go through where God's peace is not fully available to you in that moment. You see, God's peace is not so weak. God's peace is not so fragile that it's only available when life is perfect. No, God's peace is much stronger. His peace is much more robust. His peace is powerful enough to penetrate even those times where life is falling apart and it seems like you're future is coming apart at the seams God's peace is available to you in that moment because we see God's peace is always here in Christ don't believe the lie don't believe the illusion that you can only experience peace when life is going the way you need it to go it's a lie God's peace is available at all times I like to say it this way. God's peace is always available for the taking. Unfortunately, it's not always taken when available. There's an old song that we used to sing. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Do you realize that so often as we move through life with the stresses and the cares and the burdens and the worries, we are taking on an anxiety that God never meant for us to carry. Because no matter what you find yourself in and no matter what you find yourself going through, you have the promise that God's peace is always right here, right here in the middle of the mess, right here in the middle of the trial, right here in the middle of the challenge, right here in the middle of the obstacle. God's peace always meets you right here, right where you are. So what is God's heart for your soul? He wants you to know that in the midst of loneliness, His presence is near. And in the midst of suffering, his peace is here. But now notice the third statement that this messenger Gabriel is going to make to this young woman, Mary. Verse number 35. And the angel answered, this is a third time, and said unto Mary, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. The context for this passage or this statement here is Mary starting to wonder, how is it that I'm going to be able to bear the Messiah? I'm a virgin. That seems impossible. That seems so difficult. I don't understand how God can do that. And the angel reminds Mary of this promise. And the promise is this, that the power of the highest shall overshadow her. And you might find yourself in a situation right now and you're thinking to yourself, I have no idea how this is going to work out. 
I, I know what God's word says and I know what his promises declare, but in my own logical mind, I, I can't figure this thing out. I, don't, I can't figure out how the bills are going to get paid. I, I can't figure out how this marriage is going to work out. I, I can't figure out how we're going to be restored with my family. I, I can't figure out how my career is going to work or how this business is going to turn out. And, and you're sitting there and you're wondering to yourself, how is this all going to come together? I don't get it. I don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. And so in this situation, much like Mary found herself in, she, was, she, she couldn't figure it out. It made no sense to her. She doesn't get all the details of how God's going to do it. He just gets a, she just gets a promise, and that's what you get. And the promise is this, that the power of the highest will overshadow you. Which brings us here to that final statement this morning, and that is this, if, if Christ is in you, as Christ was in Mary then even in the midst of challenges and even in the midst of difficulties and even in the midst of obstacles, not only do we see that God's presence is near and his peace is here, but I want you to see thirdly, God's power is clear. Notice what it says, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. It doesn't matter what you're facing right now. You don't need to be able to figure out how it's all going to come together. See, sometimes we're like, well, I'll step forward when, you know, God gives me every specific detail about how this whole thing is going to work out. But here's the promise that you have. You know, the promise that you have is God's power can do what his promises declare they can do. His power can overshadow your weakness. His love can overshadow your loneliness. His peace can overshadow your fear. His hope can overshadow your doubt. His presence can overshadow your sorrow because that's what God's power accomplishes. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 9 says this. My grace, God says, is sufficient for you. Notice this. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm sure Mary was sitting there wondering, there's no way I can do this. Of course she can't. It was humanly impossible. But it wasn't about Mary's ability in this situation. It was about God's ability. And if you find yourself in a situation today and you're like, I can't figure this thing out. I don't know how it's going to come together. I can't make it. I want to remind you today that God's power is available, that God's strength is made perfect. Here's what First, Second Corinthians says, in your weakness. So even when you feel weak and even in those moments where you can't figure it all out, God's strength is here. I heard the story one time uh, about Thomas Edison. And as I heard the story, he, he came home one day and, and gave a piece of paper to, to his mother. He told her, he said, hey, my teacher gave me this piece of paper and told me only to let my mother see it. And his mother, as she opened up that letter, opened up that little note, her eyes began to fill up with tears. She read the letter out loud to her son, her boy. This is what she read. Your son is a genius, and this school is is far too small for him and doesn't have enough good teachers for training him. Please teach him yourself. (laughs) She did. She taught Thomas. He grew up, of course, many of you from history, you know about Thomas Edison and all of his accomplishments. 
After many, many years, of course, Edison's mother died, and he did become one of the greatest inventors of all time. And, and one day, he began looking through some of the old family belongings, and, and he came across an old folded up piece of paper in the back drawer of a desk, and he took it out, and he opened it up, and it was that piece of paper that he had brought home from his teacher many years before, and this is what it said. <clears throat> Your son is addled. Old word means mentally challenged. <laughs> he will no longer be allowed to attend school here. <laughs> Would you teach him yourself? <laughs> Edison cried as he wrote in his journal, Thomas Alva Edison was an addled child that through the love of a mother became a genius. <laughs> I want to remind you today that the power given to you by God is not just for you. And the peace he makes available to your heart is not so you can consume it yourself. And his peace and his presence and his power, when it is fully experienced by faith, when you come to a place where you experience his power and you're experiencing his peace and you're experiencing his presence, what's amazing is you experience it, you're brought to a place where now you can extend it to those around you. And as you experience this peace yourself, you can extend that peace into your family. As you experience that power yourself, you can extend that power to your loved ones. Because as you experience by faith what God makes available, you can extend to those around you by grace. So, what is God's heart for your soul? He wants you to know, number one, that his presence is near. Regardless of where you find yourself, regardless of the lonely situations that you find yourself in, God's presence is near. His peace is here, and his power is clear. Because knowing God's heart, you say, why, why did you, why'd you share these promises with us? Because knowing God's heart nourishes our soul. So as we conclude today, I want to say, to the exhausted mother of preschoolers in Christ, you have access to Christ's rest. And to the worried mothers of teenagers, I say in Christ, you have access to his peace. And to the mother who is not yet, but believes that God will soon give, I say to you in Christ, you have access to hope. And to the mother who is adopted or fostered, I say in Christ, you have strength. And to those of you who wanted to be a mother but, but never will, I say in Christ, you have joy. And, and to the mother who feels that she has done it all wrong, I say in Christ, you have access to mercy. And to the mother who is estranged from a child, I say to you in Christ, you have access to the faith to believe that a better day is coming. And, and to the mother who has lost her beloved child, I say in Christ, you have access to his comfort. And to the mother who misses her own mom on this bittersweet day, I say to you, in Christ, you have access to the promise that you'll see her again one day. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.